Well, again, I want to welcome everybody. So, this is big, kids. This is a big deal. Nothing. I'm going to tell you right now. What I'm going to talk about tonight, there is no more important thing that I am ever going to say than what I'm going to say tonight. You don't look shocked enough. This is huge. This is the most important, the pearl of great price we heard in the gospel, right? Or the treasure in the field. He finds this treasure and then he goes and he sells everything just to buy that field. It's the thing that he wants more than anything else. Kids, what do you want more than anything else? You can raise your hands. What do you want more than anything else? God. Well, that's, I, didn't even, I didn't even plan that. You're right. Whether you want to know, admit it or not, what you want more than anything else in this world is God. Okay, here's a, here's a harder question. What were you made for? This is going to be a long homily. Yeah, Rosie, what were you made for? To be a saint. Good. That's a good answer. Not the one I was looking for, but it's a good answer. What you were made for, kids, and you have to remember this for the rest of your life, you were made to love and to be loved. That is what every human person was made for. John, in his first letter, says, God is love. So you were made to be like God and to act as God acts. But how on earth do you do that? You were made, kids, more than anything, for communion with God, which is what you're going to do tonight for the first time. You're going to be one with God. Jesus, we were made to love and be loved. I, I've maybe told this story before, you may have heard, but it fits so well. When I was in college, I did a whole semester down in Mexico. And I lived down in Mexico, and one night I was sitting in this big piazza. There was a big, huge church, and I was sitting there, and I was waiting for all my friends because we were going to go out to the disco and dance. And while I was waiting there, there was this little girl, and she was maybe about your age, maybe a little younger, and she was homeless, and she was wearing these dirty, tattered rags, not your beautiful white dresses, girls. She had no money, and she had a little cardboard, piece of cardboard, and on it were friendship bracelets. Do you know what those are? You know those ones you weave up? Okay, this girl was the worst friendship bracelet maker in the world. They were terrible. But she came up to me and she's like, will you buy some of these? And I'm like, no. And I pushed her away. Because I didn't understand yet, kids, that I was made to love and be loved. And so she left. And I was waiting and waiting. And all of a sudden, I felt somebody coming up behind me. And I turned around and she like, put the thing right in my face. And she's like, please. And I'm like, no, get away from me. She put her head down and walked away. And then I saw him coming down. I saw one of them, I thought, was coming down the alley. And I was looking. And I was sitting on the step. And all of a sudden, I felt somebody sit down next to me. And it was this little girl. And she laid across my lap. And she's like, please. 
And at that point, even my heart, this hard heart cracked just a little bit. And so I said, fine, here's a peso, go home. She's like, no, you have to take a bracelet. I'm like, I don't want a bracelet. You have to take a bracelet. I don't want a bracelet. You have to take a bracelet. I'm not taking it. And I'm in this argument with like a six-year-old. So finally, I'm like, look, I'm not taking one. She's like, fine, then we have to play a game. And I'm like, what's the game? And she's like, I get out a soul, which is like heads or tails for us, right? They have the hawk and the sun on their peso. So I said, fine. I flipped it, caught it. She's like, soul. I'm like, Aguila, you lose. Bye. Because I didn't realize I was made to love and be loved. And she said, no, no, no. Otra vez, otra vez, otra vez. I want to do it again, 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 again. And I'm like, fine. Flip it. Soul. I'm like, soul, you win. She's like, again. So I pulled out another peso. Flipped it. And I started playing heads or tails with this girl. And I was having a ball. And all of a sudden, her brother came over. Who I didn't see. And he's like, I want to play. I want to play. He's just little. And I'm like, and I, I have never met a worse heads or tails player in my entire world. Like, if you just kept saying heads, right, you'd eventually win. This kid lost. Like, I spent like $10 on these kids in pesos. And finally, I'm like, this is it, dude. This is my last peso. And I flipped it as high as I could up in the air. And he's like, <gasps> and I'm like, call it. And he's like, sol. And it lands and it's the sun. And he picks it up and makes a victory lap, screaming at the top of his lungs around the piazza. His sister, meanwhile, is holding like $10 in pesos. And he finally gets back and I'm like, I'm having so much fun at this point. I'm like, you guys, do you wanna go get ice cream? And they're like, yeah, let's go get ice cream. And I'm like, let's go. And they're like, wait. And they ran and I didn't even see her. Their mother was in the corner, tattered rags. And these two little kids took their money and they threw it onto their mom and came running back to me. And at that moment, kids, I learned a life lesson. Those kids didn't care about money. You know what they cared about? Me. They didn't want stuff. They wanted love. They wanted relationship. And I learned in that moment, children, that that is what we are made for. We're made for a relationship with each other. And ultimately, we're made for relationship with Almighty God. And if we want to be like God, then we got to get God's life into us. Okay, here's an easy question, softball. When you eat a hot dog, do you turn into a hot dog? No? Okay, good. I'm glad somebody answered there. And if I eat a hamburger, do I turn into a hamburger? No, good. You can see you're getting that. Okay, trick question. When I receive communion, do I receive God and become like Him? Yes. This is why Jesus says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. What does he mean? Because there's plenty of people in the world that don't receive communion and they're still alive. What he means is, is they don't have divine life in them. And when they die, that'll be it. 
But Jesus promises that those who stay united to Him in the Eucharist will live with Him for eternity, kids. Eternity. But we forget, you guys, we forget about how amazing this is. Did you know they just did a poll and they they found out that 75% of Catholics in America don't believe that the communion they receive is Jesus Christ. They think it's a piece of bread, a symbol. You wonder why we don't have any power as a church? 75% of the people that belong to this church don't believe the most important thing. They don't believe that they're receiving God into them. Kids, this is not something that's just a fun night where you get to dress up and come and receive a piece of bread. You are going to get in communion with God tonight. How do I know that that's God? When you receive that house, how do I know that that's that that's him. You know why? You know how I know? What do you think? Nothing. He got nothing. Stage fright. Because Jesus said it was. Ready, kids? More questions. I got to do this because you didn't have class for like all of COVID. You're the COVID class. Here's a question. When Jesus said to the blind man, see... What happened? In the back. He saw. Good. When Jesus, remember when the storm, they're in the boat, it's stormy, and he got up and he said, quiet. What happened to the storm? It stopped. And when the person who couldn't walk, Jesus came up to him and said, rise. And walk home. He walked. So when Jesus, if Jesus can say to a blind man, see, and he sees, and if he can say to a storm, stop, and it stops, and he can say to a man that can't walk, walk, and he walks, when he takes a piece of bread and says, this is my body, what happens? It becomes his body. What you are going to receive tonight, kids, is the greatest gift that God left us. Himself. And when you receive Him, He goes into you. And so the question is, is if He comes into us, why aren't we better people? Do you ever think about that? We receive communion all the time. Why aren't we better people? If divine life is living in us, and when I receive the Eucharist, shouldn't I like explode if that's God? You know why? You know why I think we're not better people and we don't have more power as a church? Because we're not all in. We don't make this the number one priority of our life. We have somehow got into our head that video games, camping, fishing, shopping, football, that they're all better. You know what? Every single Sunday, children, Jesus appears on this altar to be with you. He wants to be with you. 
Do you want to be with Him? Because when you come up tonight, you know what you're going to do? I'm going to hold up the host and I'm going to say, the body of Christ, and you're going to say what? Say it loud. Amen. Amen. I want to hear that. Because some people come up and I say the body of Christ, and they say, one person said, body of Christ, thank you. Do you know what amen means? Anybody, children, any, any kid know what it means? Yeah. Not you. Shh. You're not getting first communion. Do you know what it means? It means I believe. It means, children, it means I stake my life on it. So when I say the body of Christ, you say, amen, I believe that. And then you put your hands like this, okay? Kids, watch me. Tutorial lesson. That means I'm going to teach you how to do something. You put your hands like this. You don't put them like this. You don't go like that. You put them straight out. You call. The, the, early, the early saints of the church, you know what they said? You make a throne for God to be seated on. And then you say, amen, I believe. But it doesn't just mean that you believe that that's Jesus. It means you believe everything that, Christian, that Christianity is about. How many of us actually believe to that level? Or do we have, do we have priorities way above and beyond what they should be? One time, when I was first a priest, I was up at Christ the King. And I, for like all, I got, I got assigned in July. And there was this little kid, and he was just jacked up. And for like the first two weeks in July, he sat up front. He was saying all the prayers, genuflecting holy water all over himself. Like he was just into it. And I was like, this is awesome. And then, this, and then he was gone. All of July, all of August. And I thought, well, they must have moved away. September. Back in church. I was at the back of the church after Mass, and I go up to him, I'm like, buddy, where have you been? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you haven't been at church all summer. And he's like, what? Dad says there is no church in the summer. <laughs> and I looked at Dad, and I said, really, Dad? <laughs> but that's what we're up against. These little children, parents, I want you to hear this tonight. These kids, they can't drive. If they don't get to Mass, it's not their fault. It's yours. One of the scariest things that I've read in the Bible, this kind of came to me, I preach this at baptisms all the time. You know when all the children are coming to Jesus? And the apostles are stopping them. And then what does Jesus say? Let the children come to me. Parents, this is a scary thought. You know who the only people are that can stop your child from coming to Jesus? Parents, it's your turn to raise your hand and answer a question. Do you know who the only people that can stop your child from coming to Jesus are? Raise your hand. Yes. Huh? You are.
If these kids don't grow up in the faith, that's your fault. And I don't mean to be blunt, but I have to be. It's my job. If they don't know their prayers, if they can't participate in the Mass, if they come to communion and don't know what to do, that is not their fault. They want to be by Jesus. Children have a natural affinity to Jesus. And only you can stop that. I beg you, encourage you, pray with your children. Bring them to Mass, not just once in a while. Show them it's a priority. My mom, God bless her soul, she passed away this January. One of the greatest things she did for me is she woke me up every morning. I don't care what kind of night I had the night before. She's like, we're going to Mass. When we went, and I, was, I played soccer all the way through college. When we did traveling soccer, every Sunday she would find where the Mass was and we would go. Even if it meant I was late for the game. You know how happy I was with my mom those years? Oh, elated. Loved her. I was so mad. But you know what she did? She created a habit in my heart. And as crazy as my life got, and we don't need to get into that, as crazy as my life got, I never stopped going to Mass. Because my mother planted that in my heart. And I have her to thank for the joy and the beauty of my life. Because I now know Him. And parents, it's your job to teach your children to know Jesus. And one of the best ways you're going to do that is the way you treat each other. That is how you are going to teach them how to love and to be loved. Friends, tonight is a beautiful night. In just a few short moments, children, you're going to receive the greatest gift that God left us, the Eucharist. And after you receive, I don't want you to go back to your pew and start talking to people. I want you to kneel down. I want you to close your eyes. And I just want you to talk to Jesus. I want you to ask him for everything that you want. To be holy. To be a saint. And then I want you to say two words. Thank you.